0: Welcome, once again, to the VGM Fight Club. Choose your fighters. Kung Fu Carlito. Utopia Nemo. Choose your stage. Capcom Cage Fight. Thank you, once again, folks, for joining me on the VGM Fight Club. I'm once again your host, your commissioner, the last region, Barrel Bowers. Um, so before I get into the match, into the match itself, so just a few top of the show notes, just to kind of uh, get a glimpse of things that has been going on. So uh, this past week, uh I, about three or four major events took place. Um so I will go in order. Now, some of these events are actually major, as in world news major, at least one of them is. The other three are more just, you know, personal things for myself. So, um, first major event was on Tuesday, Uh, there was a Pokémon Direct for Crown Tundra DLC. It was announced that Crown Tundra will release on October 22nd. This is a huge thing for those of us who play Pokémon and who enjoy the game. Uh for me it's also a thing of the fact that in the trailer it revealed a lot of new Pokemon that are coming in like um versions and some returning ones. I'm just happy I get my Dragonite back. But now I have to go through the daunting task of going through my team and um figuring out who I'm gonna drop to replace you know who I'm going to drop so I can get Dragonite. So um and that's through the East Coast Pokemon League, uh if any of you are curious. Um but yeah, and everyone's big thing has been Valerian Slowking. Everyone's trying to figure out what the typing for this thing's gonna be. Uh, honestly, I'm thinking either Dark Ice, Poison Ice, Poison Psychic, just... Uh, or Ice, just any typing plus Ice. So maybe Psychic Ice? Poison Ice? Who knows? Um, that was the first major thing. Uh, there was also the Presidential Debate, which... yeah uh, We're we're, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I released the second episode of my podcast, Senpai's Playlist. And I invited my friend Claire on for the episode. And the topic was, you know, anime that made us cry. Uh, And I had such a great time with doing a show with Claire that I decided to make her a permanent part of my um, podcast, Senpai's Playlist. So you will be seeing and hearing more of Claire... If you listen to that podcast of mine, third thing that happened this week was so we got announced on Thursday the next DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, it's Minecraft Steve. Um, so, my first initial reaction when I saw this was pure seething rage. I felt bamboozled, I felt like my faith had been tested and i just kind of want to clear the air and get this off my chest like i'm not as bad as i was before about it okay um i can understand now like honestly looking at it from a different perspective this is a great way to get kids younger kids who might not play smash brothers into the game because a lot of these kids they didn't grow up with like mario and stuff and if they did they don't pay it no attention they're more of the minecraft fortnite you know generation song so forth um so this is a great way to get kids into a game that necessarily their parents grew up with, that, you know, hey, son, you know, you play Minecraft, right? Yeah, dad, well, they got the Minecraft guy in Smash Bros, let's play it together. So I could see it that way. But ultimately, I was upset because the first Fighters Pass had five incredible DLC characters, all from like different brands, um, I think, wait, So Joker from Persona 5, Hero from Dragon Quest, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Terry Bogard from um, King of Fighters, Art of Fighting, so on and so forth, and then last but not least was Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses, okay? Um, So then we were all waiting for like the second DLC and you know, COVID happened so things got held up. so the, first, so, the second DLC dropped, sort of, uh, the first person was Min, Min from the game ARMS, uh, which to me, when I wasn't too excited for her, I mean, but then again, I was like, that's part of course, it's a Nintendo character, this is a game about Nintendo characters fighting each other, so of course they gotta have a new character from a new IP that released on the current gen system. Fine. Then Minecraft. I, I, I just don't like Minecraft. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's not. I, I'm not saying that. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. I felt like they're like, I mean, there's, God knows how many different people they could put in. Me personally, at first, like I said, I was still, I was mad about it. I'm slightly hurt by it now, but I'm over for the most part. But I just felt like, and even Sakurai, the guy who has made the game has admitted to, he really did not want this guy in here, but his higher ups was like, hey, You gotta do this, so here we are. So, it is what it is. I'm just hoping the next character will be someone of more substantial uh, quality, so to say. Moving forward. Uh, The last thing that happened, which is kind of a major thing actually, uh, the president has been tested positive for COVID-19. He's currently in a hospital. Now, again, I don't do politics on the show. I'm never gonna do politics on the show. I would just voice my opinion about this, which is that it is tragic, in my opinion. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, good, this, said that, that. My thing is this, it's tragic. Like, you don't wanna see, I don't wish death upon anyone, no matter how terrible of a human being they are. Like Biggie Small says, like, you don't wish death upon someone because there's no coming back from that. There's not. So, it's a tragic thing however at the same time if this isn't karma in action i don't know what is because let's think about this this man downplayed the virus and there's a audio recording of him downplaying the virus and he lied to the public about the severity of this thing and he swept it he was hoping this whole thing would blow over and like he he could have definitely Had the severity been given across by the president, things might have been more different. Maybe this thing would have been beaten by now. Maybe we'd have got rid of it. I don't know. I can't, you know, the past is the past. However, he downplayed it. He didn't make a big deal about it. He was pushing for schools to open and all this stuff. And now, boom, now he didn't caught it. So, uh, again, if that's not karma in action, I don't know what is. So that's my top of the show stuff, um, oh, so, oh, one last thing, like I said, shows will be bi-weekly, so as of right now, the way my work schedule is set up, uh, I will probably do recording of the show Saturday nights, uh, except I think the Saturday, so my next show will be delayed a bit, so instead of releasing it on Sunday, I'll probably be releasing it Monday, because on October the 17th, I have plans, so October 18th, I will most likely be recording the show that night, so y'all can just be patient with me, wait a day, I greatly appreciate it. So, moving forward. So, what is a Capcom cage fight? Simply put, a Capcom cage fight is a match where I put two of the contestants inside the cage. And usually if you watch wrestling, the cage fight is basically to keep them inside and keep everyone else out. Usually that's not the case. Chaos descends and ensues, yada, yada, yada. Well, this is to keep out a certain game series. Love Mega Man, everyone does. I have heard enough Mega Man music to last a lifetime within the past couple months. So we're kicking Mega Man out of this. He's on the outside of the cage. Every Mega Man game, every iteration of Mega Man, whatever, it's on the outside, is not allowed in this match. Now, both contestants have chosen tracks from various games. I have not listened to any of these. These are my first time listening to these tracks. So we are I'm in for a treat. You guys are in for a treat. So we're just going to get into it. So allow me to make the introductions, if you will. One moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world, Thank you once again for VGM Fight Club. Tonight, our main event is the Capcom cage fight. So, enter the ring. He is 2-0 at the VGM Fight Club. Will he send his streak to 3-0? Or will he falter out this time? Entering the ring from Parts Unknown, your current reigning and defending VGM Fight Club champion, Kung Fu Carlito. His opponent, Helen from Oregon. He is all he is another alumni of VGM Jukebox, A fan of VGM podcasts. And I believe he's recently featured on I well not recently, but I think he's been featured on VGM Embassy. if not, quote me if I'm wrong. But anyway, still great fan, great fan of VGM podcast, great friend, and a good person all together. Father of five, I believe. As I stated, Helen from Portland, Oregon. Utopia, Nemo. Alright gentlemen, I'm going to do a clean fight. Okay, keep it, you know, it's a cage match. Tear each other apart, with no Mega Man tracks. I cast one Mega Man track in here, I'll hit you with a steel chair. Now, let's lower the cage. So, as per the tradition, I roll a 20-sided dice and I ask one of the challengers odd or even. I ask Utopia Nemo, since he was a challenger, odd or even. He chose odd. The dice came up four. So, Carlito was then given the choice of whether to have his tracks go first or defer to Utopia Nemo. Carlito has thus chosen to let his tracks go first. So, Carlito's first track is called City Lights from Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight release on the Nintendo so we're gonna go ahead and listen and I'll get back to you with some information and oh also Carlito has once again provided testimonial which is great and Utopia Nemo has also provided testimonial but with a twist so Utopia Nemo has requested for his testimonials to play before his tracks so this will actually be quite interesting so here we go City Lights Street Fighter the 2010 The final fight.
1: This is Carlos Kung Fu Carlito back again. Looks like I won another round. Alex, well fought. It was very close. I feel like these are always gonna be pretty close, but I I love the tracks that were submitted. It's a lot of the fun is seeing what other people pick. You know, I'm trying to do my best to pick stuff that's kind of fun, stuff that people like, but also represent me. So it's kind of a challenge finding that and again with these picks here uh for this third match I feel the same way. So this time we are doing Capcom Cage Match. So this is Capcom music but uh with the rule that we couldn't use anything from Mega Man, which uh initially I thought was going to be pretty easy to do, but for me to whittle it down and find stuff that I really thought could put up a good fight, but also represent me but also honestly kind of steer away from the typical stuff that i usually share with people i had a, a kind of a hard time with this but i am really happy with what i picked and my opponent this time is the one and only utopia nemo another name that uh, many vgm podcast fans will hear on many different podcasts so i'm um, really excited to see what comes of this match And uh, you just heard my first pick, and that was City Lights, uh, one of the Planet One themes from Street Fighter 2010. So yeah, I, I did pick something from Street Fighter, and honestly there will be more, but I tried to stay off the beaten path, I guess. This soundtrack from Junko Tamiya rules, and the game's a lot of fun too, and it's kind of interesting because... In Japan, it was also called uh, 2010 Street Fighter. All of the story aspects of it were kind of... In the localization, they were like kind of forced the connection to Street Fighter. So the the original main character's name is Kevin Stryker in the Japanese version. And in the American version, they named him Ken. And they say something like 25 years after the Street Fighter tournament or something like that. So that's all forced... Outside of that, obviously, there aren't really any connections to Street Fighter. There are moments in the game when you fight like a boss, and it's like a one-on-one fight. But it's it's more. I feel like it has more in common with Ninja Gaiden than uh, anything related to Street Fighter because your character can kind of climb on walls and has like these kind of mid-range projectile attacks. There's a lot of platforming, and actually the first time you encounter this song, it's like a scrolling platforming stage, which can be a little bit of a challenge at first. But once you get the hang of it, I I think this game holds up really well. And honestly, I had played it a lot when I was a kid, but I never beat it. But um, as an adult, me and some friends, we participated in Extra Lives, which is like a 24-hour gaming charity kind of marathon thing. And uh, my good friend Nia, she rounded us up uh, for a handful of years to do it. And uh, one of the years, we made a point to complete this game. And that was, like, really, really fun because I had I'd never beaten it before. So uh, we, we were kind of passing the controller back and forth. But getting to that final ending screen where your character jumps up into the sky and it says, like, the end was <laughs> was super, super fun. But, yeah, that was my first... Uh, choice for this Capcom Cage fight
0: alright well that was a real interesting story um, I often hear about these charity you know gaming events where you know like they play a game and raise money for charity With um, things like Twitch nowadays it makes it even easier uh, but yeah I've honestly never played this game like I said the only time I've heard of it was from um group video game nerd but uh, pretty solid track you know it's a Nintendo track Nintendo game. So, we're going to hear Utopia Nemo, whose testimonials will be coming before his tracks, and I believe his first track is. His track is from the game Okami, and it's called Okami Reset by Ayaka Hirahara, and it's a cover by the console. So, let's hear his testimonial, and then we'll play the track.
2: All right, let's get to it. My first track is a cover of a track called Reset from Okami. It was composed by Ayaka Hirahara, and the cover is by the consoles. Enjoy.
3: you
0: I'm sorry, wrong show. All right, uh, that was Utopian Nemo's first pick for round. Well, his pick for round one. Reset. The cover by the consoles. Um, I personally have never played Okami. Um, nothing against it. Just it's one of the games that never really grabbed my attention. I mean, it looks beautiful and all that stuff. Um, I know Okami is in marvel versus capcom 3 also um the final boss of tatsunoko versus capcom i believe is the final boss that you fight in okami don't quote me on that but oh my god like this this is definitely going on the vgm jazz bonus album that I'm putting together so you know keep a lookout for that like i just need a few more songs and i can make a full complete episode it's just gonna be a little bonus episode but man um Ah, see, now I'm a little mad because I think the Consoles was at MAGFest this year, and I completely missed them, like, oh my god, so... Anyway, so, there's round one. So, while Carlito went the, you know, nostalgic, classic route, uh, Utopia Nemo went the smooth, calm route, so... You know, round two... uh, Carlito's first track is from a game... The track's called Lele? China stage, um I will get information as best I can and will relay said information after the testimonial. Unless the testimonial explains it. So um here we go.
1: heard Lele's theme from Vampire Hunter the second game in the Darkstalkers series of fighting games and that was composed by Takayuki Iwai Uh, you'll see him listed as Anarchy Takapon a pseudonym that he would use Um, Lele is one of the many monsters in Darkstalkers so Darkstalkers is a companion series to Street Fighter I guess if, if you're looking at a Capcom in the 90s, it's instead of martial artists, you've got representatives from all the, basically all the Universal Monsters uh, series. So you've got a Wolfman, you've got a Frankenstein's monster, a vampire. But the thing that I love and I always am so excited to talk about with people is that this was Capcom really flexing their design muscles so they had been working on the Street Fighter series for a while and you could tell that they were really excited to do something a little crazier and they, they got really wild with this game. So uh, Lele's from the second game and they added a couple characters and she was one of the additions. So she's a Jiangxi, like a Chinese, sometimes they say vampire, sometimes they say zombie and it's kind of a combination of both in japanese they call them kyonshi so uh, basically what happens and i've talked about this on heroes three is if there's like a an imbalance of your yin and yang energies after you've perished as a dead body the dead body can reanimate and roam the living world and that's what we have here except uh kind of a fun spin on things because the Darkstalkers games are so cartoony they have a lot of roots and almost like Looney Tunes and how kind of goofy things can get so she's got these really long sleeves and these clawed hands so like she has regular arms but they phase out of her sleeves but the weapons that she uses are these long sleeves with uh, like a million weapons hiding inside and that's kind of like she's kind of like a doll sim character so you have not stretchy limbs but she has very long weapons that can shoot out and she's actually my main character that i play as in vampire savior she her play style is kind of annoying because you're you're tossing projectiles at different trajectories kind of dogging your opponent and actually that's an interesting fact too is that her projectile is kind of a random selection of different items and some of them are capcom easter eggs so there's like chun li's bracelet and there's an akuma statue so akuma uh, one of the antagonists from the street fighter series but that akuma statue is actually pretty valuable to her weapons cache because whenever you're throwing these objects if you see the akuma statue throw out you'll know that the next projectile that you shoot, if it connects with your opponent, they'll get stunned. They will be dizzy, so they're opened up for a combo. So whenever you're doing kind of your, your, your setups, your gameplay, you want to keep an eye out for that Akuma statue. And you can set up some pretty dirty stuff. So in the corner, if you use the strongest version of her projectile, it goes almost straight up. And actually acts as an overhead so I talked about overheads a little bit last time so you have to block it high so what you can do is you can knowing that you have the dizzy projectile coming up after the akuma statue you can get your opponent in the corner and throw that high overhead projectile and then you can pursue them with a low when they wake up so they have to block low but that means there's no way that they'll be able to block the the dizzy projectile so they have to either take the low hit and continue getting mixed up in the corner or take the stun and eat a eat a a big combo so it's it's fun it's dirty but um I really enjoy playing as her and she's a cute like interesting character and I think that uh, this song Of course, it represents her well. You get a very kind of like Chinese aesthetic, and you even hear her voice in the song, which isn't as common (laughs) and uh, kind of goes in line with her play style. How some people could say it's annoying, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's Lele, and uh, I love Darkstalkers. I could talk about that for probably an hour longer at least, but on to the next track. So, yeah, that was Lele's theme from Vampire Hunter. The second game in the Vampire series, also known as Darkstalkers.
0: Alright, so, Carlito explained a good bit. Uh, This is a game I actually own for both the Sega Saturn and the Xbox 360. Uh, The Sega Saturn version, I came into possession via eBay, because when I got my Sega Saturn, the only game I had for it was WWF Arcade. I'm like, well, I gotta get some kind of, like, fighting game, and Darkstalkers was the only thing I could afford at the time, so... Boom, got that. But since then, I've increased my uh, Second Saturn collection. Uh, additionally, I have this game for the Xbox 360 because a while back, they released Dark Stalker's Resurrection for the Xbox Live for Xbox 360. And I came with Vampire Savior, or Dark Stalkers, as you would like to call it, 2 and 3. So, uh, great games. Uh, it's funny when I think about it. Uh, I remember to. The- the my only other time playing these games prior was on my PSP, and I uh, forget what it was called. I have to look it up. Bear with me. All right, it was called Darkstalkers Chronicle: The Chaos Tower. Um, great. Basically, it was just a for, PSP port of the Darkstalkers game. Um, Darkstalkers is a series that, honestly, given this day and age, especially with you know, I'm I, I'm really shocked at Capcom now. That I Think about it. back when like the whole Twilight phase was going on. I feel like that's a game that honestly had they did a reboot right then and there, would have sold like hotcakes. Hell, it, you could just do a reboot now and it would sell like hotcakes. Like Capcom has so many great titles under their belt, and they do nothing with most of them, and it's infuriating. Some days it's like, guys, what are you doing? Like, you know, like. People have been wanting a New Mega Man Legends for a while. I would like a new Dark Um, another rival schools game. Just I don't know. Like I, sometimes it feels like Capcom is just okay with just doing things a certain way. Like they could re-release a lot of these games that you can no longer play, and it'd be great. Like I, I, I just don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there. I mean, whatever. So, all right, so up next is Utopia Nemo's track. So let's go ahead, let's do the Cessiponio,
3: and we'll go from there.
2: A lot of Disney games, and most of us know that the DuckTales Moon theme, composed by Hiroshige Tonomura, is considered by many to be one of the greatest 8-bit tracks ever composed. So I have for you a remix of the Moon theme called The RCN Remix, by RCN.
0: I've just listened to the Moonbase theme from DuckTales which I believe is for the Nintendo this is the Nintendo version our remix of the Nintendo version Um, oddly enough this game I have played me and my brother David used to play it all the time on the Game Boy uh, and David was absolutely like obsessed with this game like he would go through levels trying to get all the treasure I know there was a remake not too long ago for, I think, the Xbox One. I haven't played that. Like, I really need to get my hands on that Disney afternoon cartoon video game collection because, all right, I didn't like Tailspin, but I love the theme song. Huge darkened Duck, Duck fan. Uh, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was hit and miss for me. Uh, what was the other one? Tailspin, darkened Duck, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Oh, man, like... Was it only three? Um, let me let me research this, hold on. Okay, the fourth one is actually the original DuckTales game, okay. Um, either way, DuckTales, I don't know if you guys have watched their reboot? It's actually pretty good, or remake. I, oh, reboot is when they start the series. Oh, well, either way, the new DuckTales that's on Disney is great. If you have Disney+, Plus, I suggest going to go watch it. There's camels by all kinds of people. Gizmo Duck. Darkwing Duck. still Beak. Like, oh, it, it's just a great, great show that I thoroughly enjoy watching with my children. But, all right, so that is the second round. So, we're moving on to the third round. And I do believe Carlito's pick for the third round is... Fight Kakaio. Um, so let's just... Let his testimony do to speak in for himself. Okay? Okay. Here's a song Fight Cacao.
4: かよ大地
1: back you just listened to fight kikayo tatakai kikayo from uh, chokosenki kikayo this was released in america for the dreamcast as tech romancer which is a, a cool name too but uh so kikayo is a 3d fighting game by capcom i feel like not a lot of people talk about it but i i love it uh, not Definitely not as a competitive fighting game, but just kind of a fun, fun fighting game. And it's a definite recommend from me if you still have Dreamcast in some form. So uh, the gimmick with this fighting game is that all the robots represent different tropes from mecha anime over the decades. Uh, the main character, Kikaiyo... Uh, well, the, the robot uh it is piloted by a dude but uh kikayo the robot is definitely a super robot kind of like a hmm i don't know really quick i guess i can describe this so in japan over the years um you've got mecha series that are more realistic quote unquote that are kind of grounded in military activity and then you have like these hero robots that shoot like their fists out like a rocket punch or shoot laser beams from their eyes or their chest and oh i guess something like more like a voltron uh is what people would uh know as a super robot and that's yeah so you have real types which are like gundams and then you have super types which are like voltron You've got representatives from both sides here. They're all originals, but they're definitely almost parodies of uh, familiar mecha from anime. So, uh, you've got the like a Robotech Macross jet fighter that can transform into a jet in uh, like mid combo, which is pretty cool. You've got a robot similar to Get a Robo, where there's a couple of vehicles um get a robo there were three in this game there are two that can transform and combine together in different variations uh that's really cool i think you spend like a meter to to switch between the two but it's really fun to see that mechanic incorporated into a fighting game and you've got something like a gundam that has like a you know a, a rifle and a beam saber I also like they have a character that's basically like Ultraman but also like an Evangelion uh, unit which is uh, almost like ahead of the curve on that kind of on-the-nose comparison between the two series. Like Nowadays you'll see people talking about how Evangelion is very uh, inspired by Ultraman. It's super super fun and I played it in the arcade when I was lucky enough to have an arcade within kind of a drive but worth uh, worth going called uh, Super Just Games, also known as Nickel City. So you'd pay a couple bucks to go to this arcade and everything in the arcade ran on nickels. Uh, the other thing that's really cool about this was back in the day it used to be run uh, like a, a chain of arcades owned by Capcom so with that you'd get a lot of capcom games in the arcade and one of them was this Techromancer, kikayo so uh, i was able to check this game out and then when it came out in the dreamcast definitely was playing it then and this was a an era where for the first time home versions of fighting games were better than the arcade version so uh, something like soul Calibur, when that came out on the dreamcast or um uh, shortly after that like Tekken Tag uh, these games would look better at home than they did in the arcades and Kikayo was definitely an example of that so the thing about this game was that uh, you could roam freely in a, in a 3D environment so if you held down you wouldn't duck you would run towards the screen and you can you're all giant robots so you can step on buildings and with that weapons would come out and then you can use extra weapons while you're fighting and they also had these dramatic final attacks that were just like in the anime when uh, the robot gets like their end of the episode like, super move and the bad guy explodes. And even in the game they'd have this stock explosion that would definitely parody what you'd see in something like Power Rangers or uh, Voltron. So that was super awesome. But when the game came home it looked way nicer and they redid all the graphics and one of the bonuses they did is like the last thing that you would unlock uh, besides unlocking some really cool extra characters from other Capcom games was an anime opening. So this is the song that I chose today. It's basically an anime theme song for an anime that never existed for this game which is pretty cool and it's composed by Yuki Uai and there's a singer that i'm not familiar with who this person is but they're listed as dokumaru so uh that's really cool and the anime intro is super awesome and makes you wish that it really existed but uh even still the game's great and i would definitely like i said i definitely recommend it so uh check out Techromancer. it's probably expensive but you know there are ways to check this stuff out (laughs) all right i hope you enjoyed that track on to the next one
0: so, here's the funny thing about Carlito's Testimonial. I have this game. Like, I'm, I'm tripping out because I... Oh, my God. So, when I got my Dreamcast, um, I think it was, like... I got my Dreamcast a few months before MAGFest. Uh, this past this past MAGFest, this year. I got my Dreamcast back in, like, October or December of last year, one or the other. And I was going around, like, getting different games for it. So, when I went to MAGFest, I couldn't find any real good games for it. So, came home, was going on eBay, and oddly enough, the reason why I bought this game is because I thought it was the game that Jin Sootome appeared in, which is called Cyberbots Full Metal Madness. So I bought this game, and I booted it up, and I'm like, wait, where's Jin? And I don't recognize these people, but I started playing it, and I was like, wow, this game's actually really good. Um... So, yeah, I have this game for my Dreamcast. It's literally sitting over on the shelf with the other Dreamcast games. And I'm surprised I never heard this song. I mean, I have so many games I really need to be playing. Like, I I have a lot of, like, I have so much stuff. Like, I can't wait for this off-season. I mean, granted, I'll also be teach. I'll also be doing the homeschooling thing with my kids, but I'll still have plenty of time to play other stuff. I'm already gonna, I've already kind of how my setup's gonna be so they can do the school work and dad can play his game and there'll be no interruptions but moving forward that that was great though that that was a great song it definitely reminds me of a 80s 90s action anime or damn near like a Japanese opening to a Sentai Super Sentai show so um, and for those of you who don't know Super Sentai was basically what started the Power Rangers over here in the US, but they're called Super Sentai over in Japan. So, every iteration of Power Ranger is just a rip-off of Super Sentai, or Mass Rider, or both. So, moving forward, we're going to go with Ut- Utopia Nemo's next track, which is from Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. So, let's go ahead, listen to his testimonial, and go from there.
2: One of the biggest franchises ever in video games, and the one that started the arcade bubble in the 90s. My jam back in the day was Street Fighter II, most often hyper-fighting, but by the time Street Fighter 3 came out, I had largely lost interest. But, after hearing episode 27 of the VG Embassy, where Ed Wilson and Rob Nichols talked about drum and bass, I realized I had to give Street Fighter 3 another chance. This track I've chosen is not actually drum and bass, but as a complete track, it held my interest more than any of the others. This is Theme of Q from Street Fighter III Third Strike, composed by Hideki Okugawa. Enjoy. Enjoy.
3: So that was the theme of Q from Street Fighter 3rd Strike. Um,
0: I believe that was an arranged version, I don't know for sure. Now, I personally, uh, when it comes to Street Fighter, I have a varied history. See, Street Fighter technically was the first fighting game I've ever played. Um, When I was about, wow, actually around my son Eric's age, maybe a little bit younger, between the age of 4 and 5, hold that thought as i was saying between the ages of 4 and 5 um there was this laundry mat my mother used to take us to went to do laundry there was a street fighter cabinet there and this was the original street fighter 2 okay uh only had eight characters you had you didn't have access to um what's his name uh Vega, Balrog, Sagat or Bison all right um when we finally got like a Sega Genesis, technically the first fighting game we had was Mortal Kombat. We didn't come into possession of a Street Fighter game too much later. I mean, we played Street Fighter out of people's houses whenever, like, we had the opportunity. Again, like I've stated before, my childhood wasn't that great. But either way, um, so we grew up on Street Fighter too. Uh, honestly, I completely skipped Third Strike when I was out during its heyday. To me, Alpha Three was always the best one. Um, I didn't play Third Strike till they came out with the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection, which had, I believe, Street Fighter, Hyper, Super Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, what, whatever the definitive edition of that was, Third Strike, and also on the disc was Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, um, which is a great anime. So... I didn't get to. I played Third Strike then. Still wasn't into it that much. It wasn't until they ported Third Strike to the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty that I actually played and really sat and tried to play and beat it as best as I could. And I believe I beat the game with Ryu the first time around. And it was funny because I was trying to learn different characters, and honestly, like the best I could do was using Ryu, Ken, and Akuma. Because I wanted to learn how to use Alex, but he's a grappler. That's not my thing. Uh, Remy, also not my thing. Uh, it, it's funny because Street Fighter Third Strike was, in my opinion, one of those Street Fighters that was just kind of odd. Like everyone talks about like EX and stuff. But to me, Third Strike was like the oddest one because of all the characters they had. They were all just very odd. Versions of themselves and like the normal people was gone. I mean Remy was about the closest thing you could get to um Guile there was uh, Hugo was basically Zangief, or was it Andre? Wh- whatever his name is. I think it was Hugo um, Yeah Chun-Li, he had Ibuki, he had Makoto um, It just it was just some, like some of the other characters like uh, Q being one of them whom I believe is. Let me pause. It. Hold on. Let me let me look this up real quick. Okay, so here's what the official Street Fighter Wiki has to say. All right. He is a mysterious individual of an unknown, of unknown origin, whose face is concealed by expressionless metallic mask. Um, not much is known about Q except that he appears at different places around the world and may be linked to various disasters. Being arguably the most mysterious character in Street Fighter universe, Q's true identity has been a subject of constant speculation ever since his debut. While Q can be chosen as a playable character, he is also a hidden computer-controlled sub-boss in arcade mode that can only be battled after meeting specific requirements. The player must win the first 8 matches without losing a round and remain above D rank. Of note is that Q is the only character in Third Strike that does not have his own stage. However, starting a two-player game with both players selecting Q will take them directly to Dudley's stage, London, while his own theme plays in the background. So, yeah, like, not much is known about this guy, which is something I think, personally, was always an interesting thing about the character. I mean, I've never played with him. Um, He kind of, he's very stiff in my opinion. I mean, he has a self-destruct attack. the if anything, I, I feel like he's Robo-Kai before I even know who Robo-Kai was. And that's a Guilty Gear reference, so. Um, moving on, we're gonna go to Utopia Nemo's third track in Testimonial, which is, uh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Um, that was Utopia Nemo's third track. We're now in the fourth round. I was wondering why things are running so late. I'm, I'm tripping out here. So, Carlito's fourth track is, his fourth track is called Guile is a Traveler-Arranged CPS-1, so I'm going to go ahead and play the track. I I think it's probably a Guile theme song, and hopefully his testimonial will shed some light upon this. Okay, so uh, here we go.
1: okay carlo's gonna talk about street fighter again (laughs) that was guile is a traveler cps1 arranged by desk this is a remix of yoko shimomura's theme that goes with everything guile's theme from street fighter 2 and it's using the same cps1 uh, sound font to kind of make this fun kind of wink and a nod. Uh, remix. so uh, uh, if you know uh, a lot about Street Fighter and Street Fighter music you, you may encounter online a track from the band T-Square one of my favorite Japanese jazz fusion bands it's a song called Travelers and there are sections of the song that sound very similar to Guile's theme so uh it's kind of one of these things where you'll encounter people online saying oh you know this famous song that you know is just ripped off of this and i don't know i i do enjoy showing these connections but i don't i don't i'm not into the like accusatory side of that because there are so many different things that are influenced you know, by other things, and all art is influenced by other art, so unless it's pretty bad, I'm, I'm usually fine with it, and I think that this is a really fun take on that, so Desk is a dude that I was talking about before, and uh, I love all the stuff he does. He's a really great YouTube content producer, and I love the music that he composes, too, and even, like, uh, in one of, like, his his band project dolphin the their latest video it's all pixel art and it says that he did all of that too and i'm like damn this guy can do everything which is really cool but yeah guile's theme uh the first like fight club against uh, the last weekend he chose guile's theme and when i heard it i was like damn like there's no way (laughs) it was one of these moments where i was like oh crap what i should have kind of you know, you, you have to figure out whether you want to use like a greatest hits because people are voting on this, right? So, I I don't know, I, I try to toe the line both ways. So I am using Guile's theme, but it's it's I feel like it represents me a bit more than just playing Street Fighter Two Guile's theme because uh, of the jazz fusion connection. And honestly, I feel like jazz fusion's huge influence in the Street Fighter Two music anyway. So this is really cool. And I love the remix. There's a lot of like percussion and, and you know all the stuff that he does. Desk is very dense. I really enjoy that. I could see how somebody might be kind of put off by it sometimes because it's so busy. But for me, there's a lot to listen to, and I really get a kick out of that. So I wanted to share that with you guys. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this track. Guile is a traveler uh, remix of Guile's theme from Street Fighter II: The World Warrior. By the one and only desk.
0: Okay, so that was Carlito's track. Uh, Guile is a traveler. Again, Ka- Guile, a iconic, you know, Street Fighter character. His theme goes with everything. There's YouTube videos that dedicate that's dedicated to this fact. One of my favorite ones is from Step Brothers, where it's the post-credit scene of Will Ferrell's and John C. Reilly's characters being up a bunch of grade schoolers. And Guile's theme is playing in the background the entire time. It's flippin' hilarious. So, you know, just... main, we had Q, then we had, you know, Guile. So, it looks like Utopia Nemo has chosen a track from Bionic Commando. So, let's see what he had to say.
2: My next track is from Bionic Commando. It's a remix of the Power Plant and Game Over tracks, which were composed by Harumi Fujita and Junko Tamiya. This remix is titled Infiltration, and it's by OC Remix artist, Sainess. Hold on to your butts.
0: Okay, so that was a bonnet Commando arrangement. Um, Again, never played the game. Uh, Track was pretty decent. Very, um... I can't believe it. I want to say techno, but not techno. It was a good track. It was. Honestly. Um, Just... And I do apologize for the um, way Tobio Nemo's voice sounds. Um, He sent me the audio track for his testimonials, and I ripped them from Discord, and I put them on the laptop, and when I tried porting them to Audacity, it gave me this error message, so I'm basically playing them and recording them from the microphone like I'm regularly recording, so it's working so far, but, you know, we'll see how it sounds in the final product. That being said, we're on to our final round. Now, both these guys have brought some killer tracks and killer beats that they're bringing the heat so one has to wonder like what does carlito have in store what what has he brought to play with today and it would appear he has chosen a track called the king of dragons i have no idea what this is but go ahead and play it and then again He'll elaborate, most likely. So here we go. Actually, it's called King of Dragons. Hoo.
1: got a double whammy of yoko shimomura tracks here this is a medley of the king of dragons which is originally composed by yoko shimomura and this is a remix by ansgaros this is another uh, dwelling of duels track i know it's a medley so i felt kind of iffy about submitting this for the Fight Club but I got the go-ahead from the last weekend so here we are and honestly King of Dragons Yoko Shimomura kind of one of my favorite soundtracks from her in her time with Capcom and yeah that is including Street Fighter 2 there's a lot that I really like about the King of Dragons soundtrack and the game itself it's a beat-em-up fantasy I feel like I really enjoy uh, western fantasy through a Japanese lens <laughs> so stuff like this stuff like the Dungeons and Dragons beat them up later on Dragon's Crown and an anime too so like Escaflone and Record of Lotus War uh, these are things that I really enjoyed yeah so this uh, medley is pretty rocking so uh, this is my fifth track for the fight so potentially the last track unless there's a tie we have like a special tiebreaker track And I wanted to kind of exit with like this kind of big rocking, I mean, you know, it's a fight, so I don't feel like there's a lot of room for kind of low tempo Uh, unless it like there was a low tempo theme, like a chill fight. That'd be pretty awesome because I really enjoy a lot of chill VGM tracks. But this arrangement kind of has it all. Wailing guitars, harmonized guitars, which is something that I always really like and it covers all of the tracks that I really enjoyed because uh, I would have had a hard time just picking one track from King of Dragons so here we go I used all of them. <laughs> the beat-em-ups pretty simple but a lot of fun you can pick from different classes. I like the the cleric dude but honestly if you're playing by yourself the wizard's like the best one because he has like this kind of projectile and as you uh, progress in the game your attacks get better and better you like level up there's like this kind of minimalist like rpg progression with the game but all the monsters are really cool you've got your lizard men you've got your like harryhausen skeletons with sword and shield and you fight all the things you want to like um like a suit uh, like a treasure like cave with a dragon in it you've got like little slime guys and the sound design is really cool for the game too so there's like weird sound effects that kind of take you through this fantastic world uh there's a mechanic where you have magic spells but they show up as an item that kind of is an orb that's floating around and every time you bump into the orb there's this kind of wobbly sound effect that i really like and there's also the cheer from your squad whenever you finish a stage you go ho, oh, and actually the name of this medley is (laughs) ho, referencing that. So that's a lot of fun. And if you haven't played this, uh, I would recommend it. It's on the Capcom Beat 'Em up collection and you can play it online. And actually I've been, I I have a coworker that's like, I know likes it. And I don't know anybody that likes this game as much as I do. And I was like, yeah, we should play, but we never really found the time to play so um, I I want to play through it at least online with somebody because in person is not really a thing right now but yeah check out that Capcom beat-em-up collection because there's a lot of great stuff on there and King of the Dragons is just one of those and I would I'd buy it for that alone but yeah so uh, again that's King of Dragons oh (laughs) originally composed by Yoko Shimomura and this medley was arranged and performed by Ansgaros.
0: Okay, thanks, Carlito, for that. Um, oddly enough, I actually do have this game because I have the Capcom Classics Beat 'em Up Bundle, and I have played it. Um, it's a pretty okay game. This year, you know, it's one of them things where, like, at the at there was a time where Capcom had their toe like in basically fighting games and beat 'em ups, so they could do no wrong. Although the thing that's boggled my mind right now is. With the beat em up bundle. Why didn't we get Cadillacs and dinosaurs? Just saying. Hopefully, maybe in the future, we'll get it. So, moving forward. So, that was Carlito's fifth round track. You know, this is the last round. So, Utopia Nemo's final track, oddly enough, is a video game, which I believe is based on a movie I love and adore, that I used to watch all the time as a kid, and now I watch every chance, opportunity to get now as an adult, especially with my sons. So I'm going to go ahead and let the testimony speak for itself, and then let the track play, because oddly enough, I have never played this game. I didn't even know it existed until we submitted the track. So here we go. All
2: right. You didn't think I'd come to a VGM Fight Club about Capcom, and ignore the fact that Capcom made two games about Little Nemo, did you? I lacked the strength to resist. For those unaware, Capcom produced an arcade game called Nemo, and an NES game called Little Nemo the Dream Master. These games were based on the animated film Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. This Tokyo movie shinsha produced cartoon was an American-Japanese joint production based on the classic comic strip Little Nemo in Slumberland drawn by Windsor McKay from about 1905 until 1927. I'm not going to go into any more detail here except to say that the animated movie is worth checking out as well as doing a YouTube search on Windsor McKay animation. It'll blow your mind. All right, my final track is for the game Little Nemo the Dream Master for the NES composed by Junko Tamiya. It's a remix of the track The Ruler of Nightmare Land, and it was done by Hyde 209. Just to recap, this is a take on a song to an NES game. That itself is a take on an animated movie. That itself is a take on an early 20th century comic strip. And it feels like a 90s British alternative song had a tumultuous relationship with an anime soundtrack. And this was their love child. Enjoy, but enjoy broodingly.
0: So I'm not going to lie, I have no idea what I just listened to. All I know is, that was awesome. Now as he stated, Little Nemo's Adventure in Slumberland was a movie back from like mid early 90s. Uh, I Honestly, he gave me more information than I ever knew about the movie. All I know is, I love and adore that movie. Uh, oddly enough, I've tried to show it to my sons on several occasions, and they just look at it like, eh. But then again, my kids don't even like the Brave Little Toaster. So, I don't know. Sometimes I question if they're really my children. But this track, man, like, that and the last track, it's going to be hard. Like And the thing I've noticed lately with the votes, it's usually like two or three rounds that end up being ties. And it's just i enjoy this i greatly do because here are two tracks like this track from a game that i never knew existed based on a property that i enjoyed as a a movie i enjoyed as a child and it's just so just it's different but in a good way and then we have the track from king of dragons a game that i did have but i didn't really listen to ost and then here's this that's just oh also good so man like Oh, it's just such, such, such great, great music. And I am so glad that I'm able to do this and people are, are more than willing to give me the material I need to create these wonderful, wonderful shows so I can share this wonderful, wonderful music with all of you. So, that being said, it's now time for the Sudden Death Round. Sudden Death! Now, for most of you who are in the know, who have been watching, listening to the show for a bit, sudden death round, as you know, is where basically an idea I came up with. So, like, if there should ever be a tie, that's straight down the middle. The votes would then go. The winner would be decided based on whose sudden death track got the most votes. So, Carlito's sudden death track is, I believe, it's from Street Fighter, Third Strike. So, another Third Strike track tonight, and I believe it is called Akuma Killing Moon. So I think it's Akuma's theme if I'm correct. Uh, Honestly, he's probably going to explain everything to you, so uh, sit back and enjoy.
1: listening to this that means things got crazy and we needed a tiebreaker this is Killing Moon Akuma's theme from Third Strike composed by Hideki Okugawa yeah Akuma serious business uh this is my final attack towards Utopia Nemo Akuma's an awesome character he's my main in Third Strike I'm not super good at Third Strike I'm okay but uh Akuma's kind of like my safe choice I've always wanted to play characters like Dudley. I play Oro, but uh, I'm going to (laughs) probably get messed up if I'm using him. I think he's really fun. Actually, he's going to be in Street Fighter V, so I might check him out in that game. Even though I'm not super into Street Fighter V. Yeah, if Akuma shows up, you know, uh, things are going down. Yeah, so Akuma, he he showed up in Super Turbo. He was the secret final boss. And actually, it's kind of actually like a reactionary secret character because uh, back in the 90s there was this whole secret rumor slash april fool's joke actually in egm american magazine going back to street fighter 2 ryu's win quote said you must defeat shang long to stand a chance that was actually like a mistranslation Because he actually was saying, you must defeat my Shoryuken to stand a chance. So Shoryuken is the name of his uppercut, but it also can be translated to Rising Dragon Punch. And uh, when they localized it, they kind of goofed. But people were all like, who's Shang Long? Who is this guy? And in EGM, they ran this April Fool's article on how to fight Shang Long with all these crazy like uh, requirements to get them. and they had like even fake screenshots. So what Capcom ended up doing is kind of doing that, but it wasn't long It's was a character called Goki who is basically a head swap of uh, Ryu and Ken, but a uh, very powerful character and you had to get like I think it was like 3 or 5 perfects and you had to have A certain amount of points, I believe, and you couldn't use any continues. So, right when you're gonna fight M Bison at the end, Akuma shows up and defeats M Bison in one fell swoop, and you're like, "Whoa!" And you have a chance to fight against this true final boss. And he shows up in the intro for Super Turbo, where you have Ryu all huge, getting ready to shoot a Hadouken. Uh, Akuma shows up and flashes during that sequence. He's visually inspired by uh, these Buddhist statues. They're called Nioh. They're like these warrior guardian statues that you'll see in front of Buddhist temples. The key art for Akuma in Super Turbo, instead of having this kind of solid fighting stance like Ryu with your fist closed and guard up, Akuma has this kind of enraged look on his face and his hands are kind of opened up but in a like very aggressive stance and it definitely calls back to these uh, Buddhist statues which is really cool and kind of is like like letting you know Akuma's like this ancient force you know it's like the true martial artist and he also represents almost like a Star Wars kind of Darth Vader Luke Skywalker like if you choose the dark path like this is what you could potentially end up being And when it comes to Ryu's storyline throughout Street Fighter, that's a struggle that he always is dealing with. But yeah, Akuma's pretty cool. And after he showed up in Super Turbo, um, he became kind of like this kind of secret character mascot. He shows up as a secret character in a couple other games. X-Men Children of the Atom being one, which was the first ever Street Fighter X-Men crossover, having Akuma in that and he would show up as a robot character in cyberbots which is like really fun it's a mech called zero goki and he's definitely inspired by giant robo the uh, the 90s anime also um uh, calling back to early tokusatsu shows so beyond that yeah akuma is like For me, more fun to play than Ryu because you can do more combos and stuff. And Third Strike, there's a bit of that too. So um, you can juggle a lot more with Akuma. His um, Hurricane Kick uh, leads to Shoryuken, leads to Super Fireball. If you're using Super Art 1, that's what I always use. And he has some pretty cool level 3s. He has the Raging Demon uh, where he teleports towards you and grabs you. And the screen goes black. That's always fun to see. He has the um, KKZ, which is escaping. What it actually—it's a Japanese term. But KKZ is like a level three or level two max level super, where he raises his hand to the heavens and strikes the earth, and there's a huge shockwave. And um, I think that's like—I I don't think you can parry that move. It's like one of the only moves in the game that you can't parry. And third strike—if you tap forward when you're being attacked—you do this defensive parry which is really cool but yeah anyways okay akuma i've been talking a bit but yeah that's my final strike not the third strike not the fourth fifth sixth strike towards you, utopia nemo so uh well thought excited to hear what you have and uh yeah I'll, I'll see what happens good luck you know
0: i do like how everyone for the most part uh gets along well and don't get me wrong i do kind of instigating antagonize and whatnot. Like these two like Utopian was really looking forward to this fight too. So like I was trying to build up a good bit of hype. But yeah, Akuma, um My history with Akuma is as follows. My baby brother Daniel, and uh, one of my very good friends, Sean, who is also like a brother to me, he um they are both heavy Akuma users. I have a friend named Mike who uses them but not like how Daniel and Sean uses Akuma like that's their guy. <laughs> um ultimately it's a great track. You know, again, third strike hell of a game. So, now we're going to Utopia Nemo's track which I'm be honest, I don't know what this is at all. Just I'm going to let the man speak for himself, and that's all I got.
3: Bonus round! Alright, the
2: only question I had during my selection process was, what do I do about Street Fighter II? That soundtrack may be the most influential game soundtrack of the early to mid-90s, and for good reason. I tried to go off the beaten path for my selections, but I couldn't get away from good old Street Fighter II. So my sudden death pick is a take on Guile's theme composed by the goddess of VGM herself, Yoko Shimomura. This song was written by Heather Ann Campbell, with music by David Schmoll.
3: Beautiful
4: blonde hair, a chin that's extra square. Waiting to avenge his best friend because his death wasn't fair. So he'll search everywhere till he brings the dictator to justice first. He has to get a razor and some shaving cream and apply it directly to his face. Because there's a place that hair grows you might scoff, but he has to shave. without his eyebrows. Sonic booms and flash kicks are his style, but when you think of Guile, remember his lifelong vow. Never go out with fucking eyebrows. Go USA, but go away if you are Guile's eyebrows.
0: Again, I don't know what I just listened to, but it was hilarious. Oh my god. Uh, So, yeah, as Utopia Nemo said in Death Track, so we're at the end of the show here. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. Um, I do thank all of you who joined in, and those of you who have been listening. I've had much fun making this podcast even though it does require a good bit of work um jesus christ again ed rob all you guys have i don't know how y'all do it some days this is a lot and i can understand why you guys take breaks so again like just based off of me doing this myself i thank you guys for taking the time out of basically taking time away from yourself where you could be Doing anything, spend time with your family, spend time with your spouse, your loved ones, maybe doing nothing, just sitting on the couch and vegging out on know, some TV, but yet, you know, he said, they sit here, they come up with a topic and they crank out a good product. And, you know, I can't be, I cannot express how grateful I am to be a part of this community who have, in a sense, inspired me and um, encouraged me. To go ahead and start doing this again. Because I I feel like this is a good outlet. You know, there's a lot of stressful things going on in the world. And it's good to have hobbies. So, this is one of mine. So, with that being said. uh, Again, like I said, we're at the end of the episode. Um, Should be posted. Probably sometime Sunday morning. Or Sunday afternoon. The latest being Monday morning. Um, Just so you guys know. The winner of this match will go up against the one and only Bedroth, which will then lead to, here's what's going to happen, basically. So, whoever wins between Bedroth and the winner of this match, okay? They will be put in the running And something I'm coming up with, which is a triple threat match. So, you're probably wondering, well, who are the other two participants going to be in this match? Two of the participants who will be facing each other for a spot in the match. Are remaining a secret until the day of that podcast the other two will be myself and the messenger alex the messenger now in terms of a topic for minds in the messenger show i have yet to decide um so if anyone else has an idea for a topic by all means you know let me know put it in the discord put on the facebook group probably discord more than anything because i don't think anyone's even bothering with the facebook group um You can also email me. Uh, Yes, we have an email now. Yay. VGMfightclub at Hotmail.com. Like I said, we have the Discord group. Uh, I've been putting the podcast on Anchor. So, you know. uh, Oh, another thing. Uh, Guys, listen. If you have any video game music that are, like, just very jazzy, be they smooth jazz or just jazz in general, by all means... Send them to me. I'm trying to make this jazz, bonus jazz episode happen. I have like maybe five, six tracks. I feel like maybe three or four more, I'll be set. Okay, so if I come across anything, let me know. I want to shout out to Kung Fu Carlito and Utopia Nemo for taking the time out of their week to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? uh, Humor me with this. Um... Like I said, Carlito is 2-0. Utopia and Neo is trying to take a whack at him. Try to knock him down a peg. Get on top of the mountain. So, we'll see what happens. So, gentlemen, best of luck to you. And we will see who will win the Capcom cage fight. So, with that being said, I am your host, The Last Recon. And in the words of Kenny Omega, thank you and good night. Oh, one last thing before I go. Now i know i usually say that whenever like the whenever the contestants submit their tracks if another contestant has you know already picked said track that they're gonna have to choose something else the only reason why i didn't do that in this case is because for two reasons one uh both tracks were of different compositions where one was basically an arrangement of the original track The other one was a, in a sense, parody song. So two different categories and they were in two different, you know, rounds of each match. So I allowed it this time 2 I'm really, 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 really tired. So I wasn't and it was too late at this point um, because basically what happened is I tell the contestants to submit their tracks by a certain time. Sometimes they'll submit their tracks to me earlier. Um, I'll let them know that they have to a certain time to finalize that tracks. Uh, Utopian Nemo was good with his selection. Um, I didn't even go over and listen to of the music till today when I was making the episode. And Kung Fu Carlito submitted his literally kind of like at the last minute last night. And I was already tired from work. I had worked an 11 hour shift and had to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning to be right back out the door to work another 5 to 6 hour shift. So yeah so just future reference um if it's two different compositions and it's not the same song fine but i might have to start i don't know because god how many, how many how many times can like that's three times that i've heard guile's song on his show and this is only the third episode so uh i'll, I'll figure it out i'll probably have to make a roll just you know we'll go from there. Either way, just I hope you guys enjoy the show. Bye.